So here we are, Resilient Kids uh, podcast interview, and here I'm interviewing Lisa today, who has had a long time experience of working with poos and wees. Um, interesting topic. Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Yes, and um, good morning, um, Madeline. And yeah, thank you for asking me um, to um, talk about um, poos and wees, which is a big deal um, in children. All right. And yeah, my, I have come from over 35 years of paediatric um, nursing. And in the last sort of 19 years, I've really focused on children's continence um, because it has a huge impact on the child, which then impacts on the family and also the environment around them um, as well. If we don't have kids that are continent before they start school. Okay. So you're working really hard to support families um, to prevent problems into the future. So what actually is uh, what actually is interesting for you about supporting parents to support children? Well, really, what what um, got me into um, really focusing on um, continents was. Um, as you probably gather, I'm not a New Zealander. I've come out <laughs> from Fife um, in Scotland and I started working at the local hospital in Hastings on the children's ward. And, um, you know, when I got there, um, like my specialism used to be respiratory and asthma. Mm -hmm. um, but I was quite happy just to get back into the acute nursing area. And there was these kids being admitted to the ward every single week, needing a bowel clear out for chronic constipation. And along with the chronic constipation, they would have wetting and soiling. But, you know, it, more soiling, but often it can, the wetting can go along with that as well. So they were incontinent. And these were kids like, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years of age. And this is a chronic problem. So I just happened to say, hey, you know, um, wh what follow-up is that? And actually there was very little follow-up for what is a chronic medical condition, um, that it was a bit sporadic. They might get seen by the paediatric registrar a few months down the line or a consultant. And I thought, hmm, I think I could do something about this because I was used to doing nurse-led clinics for asthma, which again is a chronic problem, but very common. And often it's quite complex sorting it out because you've got to think about the triggers and everything. And I just thought, oh, it's kind of the same, just a different organ. So <laughs> that's really why I thought, right, there's nobody else doing this. So I put a proposal to the management and really within a few months, I had my I had a nurse-led part-time. It was really just one day a week, which very quickly went up to two days a week because um, there was just it was just such a common problem out there. And um, I ran that clinic successfully for over um, twelve years. And and really, um, children that have bowel or bladder problems that they do need intensive um, support. 
uh, um, to help them get on top of it. And that's where um, I, I thoroughly um, en enjoyed it. And there's, there's just such a wide variety of um, issues that can come along with it, because it's kind of my four Bs, brain, bowel, bladder, behaviour. They're all interlinked and they're all... Um, that you know that they're, they're all kind of you've, you've got to think about each part of it and um you know my experience uh I, I've got a huge wealth of lived experience of supporting um people and, and, and individuals that have got challenging behaviors because of my own son having fetal alcohol spectrum um disorder and and it was uh that, that many kids who had waiting and soiling often had difficult behaviour as well because of the the, the, the problem really. Right. So yeah, that's how I got into it all. <laughs> and, and so what are the kind of current concerns that you see parents having to work through? Um, I, I would say that the current concerns that I um, come across um, quite regularly is that 30% um, th of children will have constipation at some point okay and um for a number of them um they will they will go on to have chronic um constipation chronic bowel dysfunction um because it, it's a it's a sort of a survival uh, um, mechanism that they you know they have a hard constipated stool and um, they will then, you know, their I call it their owl brain will will say, oh my gosh, that was that was painful. Hold on, don't don't let them come out again. So then they will hold on and hold on, and then again they will eventually have to pass a stool again, and it will be even bigger, and it will be even harder and more painful. And then you've got that cycle of. The vicious cycle of constipation and it, it it's chronic mm -hmm. and these families will go to their health professional uh their gp before school check public health nurse and um they, they're, they're kind of given or oh, we'll give you some lactulose or we'll you know we'll, we'll you know so it's really like not looking at it from the point of view that it is chronic and mm -hmm. that it, it needs far more intensive support. Um, what I hear from parents, you know, coming to the clinic is they've been to the GP umpteen times and they're just not getting anywhere. They've been to a pediatrician and um, they've still got um, the problems because they're predominantly looking at the, the physical aspect, but not looking at the whole aspect, brain, bladder, um, behaviour. So, you know, I tune in to the child, I tune in to the family, and we really work out an individualised um, treatment plan. And I tell them, this is not a quick fix. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a case of, here, take the laxatives for a few weeks, and we've got nice, what I call, happy poo again. Um, it can take up to a year. If they've had um, chronic severe constipation, their bowel becomes extremely stretched and floppy and doesn't work very well. That they have very poor control over their bowel. Mm. They're not aware when they 
are about to have to pass a bowel motion. They lose control and then they have soiling. And it's not the child's fault. They have a young, immature brain and that subconsciously that brain has responded to something that's been seen as a threat, a painful poo. They, you know, kids will avoid pain or a painful situation at all costs. So it's not their fault. Um, and that's what I always get across to the parents and also the child, because often you, you will get the, the parents say, oh, you know, they, they just don't smell it. Um, they just don't care. They're just lazy. And that's, you know, the, and they're hiding their knickers, they're hiding. And that is not the case. It's just that they are, they, they're so, so embarrassed about it. That again, it's a coping mechanism to block it out, to be to deny it and say, hey, no, I, I haven't, I haven't pulled my pants when when in actual fact they have. Mm. And parent, you know, and parents will say, but you must know because you know it's so smelly. But if it's been going on for a long time, kids become habituated to that smell and they don't smell it in, in their um undies um either. Um, and, and they will hide their undies, they will go and hide because they are so embarrassed, but they don't know what to do to fix it. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a real, a real. And I, think, yeah, I think the other thing, Madeline, is that sometimes the early signs of, and, and I always say everything, the, the root cause of it is generally the bowels. Mm. Okay, it always goes back to the bowels. The bladder sits in front of the bowel. So if the bowel is full of poo, you know, the rectum is full of poo, then it squeezes on the bladder. And then the bladder will start to become twitchy and start to leak. Okay, mm. that's, that's the biggest cause for bedwetting, constipation. And people don't think about that. Okay. You know, so, so that's really is, is like busting the myths and getting it out there, you know, mm. that, um, you know, that, 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 that I really would, you know, that, that everybody, you know, like the easiest part is getting your child toilet trained and getting them out of nappies, though a lot of parents will disagree. Okay, but that's the easiest part. Keeping them out of nappies and continent is the hard part. And that parents should not drop the ball when their child ditches the nappy, because mm -hmm. that's when problems can occur. All right, I can go on. There, there's so many things, but yeah. So, many things. so so you were talking a little bit about early warning signs. What are some things that parents could watch out for so that they don't drop the ball? Right, the, the early warnings, and, and the, 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 it's all different depending on every, every child is unique, okay? And um, I would say one of the earliest um, warning signs is just a change in their behaviour. Okay, they become a bit moody, grumpy. Um, defiant, more angry. Um, and they, they may go and um, whenever they feel Mr. I call him Mr. Pooh, Mr. Pooh coming, um, you know, they'll go away somewhere, you know, their safe place. They'll go and hide behind the sofa. They'll go, you know, they're, 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 they're a bit um, unsure. Mm. Um, other, other early um, warning signs might be, um, you know, reduced appetite. Okay, poor appetite, that, that they used to have a good appetite and then it deteriorates. Um, they maybe uh, have a poor sleep. They may be getting woken up 
during the night with tummy pains. Younger kids may be very clingy and whiny, you know. Um, so that's just some of the, the behavioural changes to kind of um, look at. Um, but, but physical, um, you know, changes is, is really, you know, look at their tummy. Have they got, is their tummy like a hard drum? Is it quite tender? Do they not want their tummy touched? You know, um, their, their poos. Um, you know, they may only do one, and I cut it, the very irregular bowel pattern, you know, where before they were maybe going every single day, and then it went every second day, and then it's every, you know, so they may only be going in frequently, and then passing what I call huge, large logs that some parents say, oh my goodness, I don't know where that came from, huge toilet blocker type um um poos mm. um and that's not normal that is not normal okay mm. um we're, for, for healthy poos we're looking at sort of a nice soft easy to pass light brown snake-like um um stool okay mm. and that's what we, and there's the bristol stool chat that people can look can look at you know they can go on to google and put in bristol stool chat it's a really good chat to, to use as a way of monitoring your child's um, bowel pattern. And I would be saying that the, the type one to three, one is like little rabbit pellets. They're actually the hardest because they've got very little water content and children will be having pain and straining when they're trying to put these out. The large logs are, are very painful that stretches the anus, they may then have an anal tear and have some bleeding. So again, that is going to stop children from wanting to pass another one and they'll hold on even longer. Type three is a bit sort of like knob, it's a knobbly type um, stool where um, it's, it's a bit on the firm side, but it's not too hard to pass, but it would give parents an indication that the, the child does need to include increase their water intake and their fibre um, intake. Other early warning signs, and, and you'll get parents say, no, 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 there's no way they could be constipated because they poop every day. But I said, yes, but are they completely emptying their bowels every day? Okay, because if they're not, it does quickly build up and build up and build up. Um, and then, you, you know, you might get where a child used to go once a day, they might go more than three or four times a day. So they're doing lots of little ones, mm. you know, um, you know, every every single. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So that is some of the early warning signs that um, that things might not be right. And obviously, when they start getting um, you know, fecal smearing um, and, and skid marks. You know, yeah, people say, oh, it's because they're not wiping their bum properly. But if this is becoming more and more of a common mm. thing, then you would be like, mm, it's not just because they're wiping their bum properly. And, and kids, you know, again, kids may not openly say like adults would, oh my gosh, I've got a real, you know, I'm really constipated. They, they, might, they, they don't know that word, okay? They'll express it through their behaviour, okay? 
Okay, so, you know, I was the own behaviorist communication. So I would always go for if there's, if there's any change in the child's environment or and, and things are not quite right, go to the bowels, look at the bowels, because next to the brain, the bowel is the second brain, is like the next most emotional organ affected by feelings and emotions mm-hmm. in children mm-hmm. and, in and in adults as well. Yeah, that's not very well known, is it? No, no. So, so um, have you got some tips for preventing problems? For oh, yeah. the yes. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm just going to go through some very basic general tips for um, healthy bowels and bladder, okay? And to start with, we've got to know what is a healthy, healthy bowels, okay? So really what we are looking at for healthy bowels, that, that children have a, a tight four to five stool every day, up to three times a day, and that can be three or four times a week. So really, most kids should be pooping every day or every second day. And it should be easy to pass. There should be no pain or um, straining at all when they're doing um, a poo. What is, a, what is healthy bladder function? Okay, so really, um, preschoolers, you'd like to think that they would be able to um, hold on to their wee um, for two to three hours. By the time you get to school age and older, three to four hours, okay? And most children should be um, going to the toilet to pass urine uh, um, between four and seven times per day. And there is a urine chart as well, Madeline. Mm-hmm. Not just a not just a Bristol stool chart, but there is a urine chart, okay, which takes it from type one to sort of type seven. And really, you want kids to be in the type one to three range where it's very light, clear, and and you know I'll explain it like um, it's like a really a nice Sauvignon Blanc wine. <laughs> so what we could do is put the links. To these, agree. <laughs> we could put the links to both of these um, charts in your in the um, information. No. That would be fantastic because it, it really gives you a good objective, you know, uh, basis that this is this is what we need to be aiming for with our kids. Um, so, so tips really, and this is not just for kids, this is for all of us, okay? Mm-hmm. And the first tip that I always say is there's no need to rush. Check before you flush. Mm. Before your type. Because, um, you know, if you haven't been drinking enough, then the colour of your urine is going to be darker. So it would immediately tell you, hey, come on, you need to be drinking enough. And, and if children are not consistently drinking enough and their urine is concentrated a lot, then the bladder becomes twitchy. It doesn't work as well as it should. And it increases the risk of wetting. It increases the risk of urine infections as well because concentrated urine is a good suit for bugs to grow. Mm, mm. So we want to keep that 
urine nice and um, um, dilute. So, and, and we should all be doing that. And same with, and, and often people say, oh, but I can't, I can't see what I've done with a number two with my bowels. Well, put toilet paper in the pan first before it goes down. Like some toilets in Europe have a little um, mm. shelf okay, so, that, so that you don't get the splashback. A lot of kids don't like splashback, you know. And, and I think these European toilets are fantastic because they're lower down. They have a little shelf and you can see what you've done. So it gives you a good indication, right, okay, I've got a type three. I really need to increase my water, need to increase my fibre. Okay, yeah. so it, it, it makes sense to, to check for all of us to actually um, check and know, know what our bowel pattern is and know what our kids' bowel pattern is. I'm also wondering um, how how soon it is or how early you can teach your children to notice for themselves. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, you know, happy happy poo, sad poo. I would be saying as young as three years of age. Mm -hmm. Around about when you're starting the, the um, toilet uh, um, training, um, they're often very interested in, in all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that um, is extremely important is what I call the squatty potty every time, okay? Our bodies are designed to eliminate in a squat, okay? That goes way back to caveman time, okay? okay. Our body, and yes, our brain has developed more and our you know frontal lobe and everything but our organ you know the way that we're designed inside has stayed the same so our for our, us to empty our bowels properly the squatty potty position and again if that can be put up you know a picture of that and this isn't just for kids this is for all of us okay our body our, the toilets that we have are are not designed for good elimination really mm -hmm. so when you're in a, a squatting squatty potty position you have a footstool and your feet are flat and firm on the footstool and your knees are at an angle above your hips and a slight angle 30 degree angle above your hips mm -hmm. and then the rectum goes from being bent to straight so that they have you know, efficient and effective bowel emptying every single time. Um, and it is about taking our time. Okay. Kit, we're all we're all in a rush, you know. And I and I think that that if we want to be healthy, that the the, you know about the you know poos and wheeze are the rubbish from our bodies so you've got to get rid of them effectively and efficiently so I think that we need to be focusing a bit more and taking our time mm. being relaxed on the toilet and by the squatty potty position our pelvic floor is relaxed our buttock muscles are relaxed our thigh muscles are relaxed um, and that um, will help lots of people, not just kids, but for everybody. Okay, I wouldn't be without my squatty potty, but that's really, I wouldn't be. All right. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, so that, that's one of the biggest tips. 
The other thing is, and I've mentioned it all the way through the talk, is about water. Mm -hmm. All right, is that a lot of kids are not drinking enough water or they're using a bottle and they're sipping, you know, and, and often they're own, you know, they're just not drinking enough. Mm. So parents, I think, and teachers and early childhood educators really need to be monitoring that. And I um, would like people to get away from sip, 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 and only taking small amounts, small amounts, small, and actually take a good cupful at a time. Okay, to move away, like, yes, have the bottle, but pour it out into a cup. Or I have a measured, I've got a measured um, drinking bottle. So, you know, I'll go through two of them in a day. And adults should be having two litres a day. With kids, I go roughly by age. So if they're two, they should be having two cups a day, which would be around about 400 mils. If there's three, three cups a day, 600 mils. If they're four, four cups, you, you know, going up. And by the, by the time the child gets to 10 years of age, they should actually be having about two litres of water a day. And try and cut back on the fizzies, the energy drinks, all of these sort of things, because, and caffeine, all of that irritates the bladder. Okay. Oh, interesting. So water is really important, just everyday water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, about um, helping parents. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, you know, have on my um, website, which is um, www.poosandwees.org.nz. It's um, a very quirky um, website. Um, I have um, written a book called Winnie Weka and Mr. Pooh, which is all about constipation and um, stool withholding um, and children. And it's a, it's a book geared for young children from about three to seven years um, of age. Um, there are um, lots of other fantastic um, resources um, out there, um, but um, there is one particular video that I would refer all parents to um, when they're thinking their child might have an issue with their bowels and also their bladder. And the website, and, and it's um, evidence-based, um, approved by the Pediatric Society of New Zealand, and it's um, kidshealth.org. So what and we I, can do is also, sorry to interrupt, to yeah, um, put that link um, in the information as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and definitely, um, you know, to go on there, look up C for constipation, and there's a fantastic video just about what I was talking about, the cycle of constipation. There also, there's also another good, it's on YouTube, and it's called we, who, and you. And this is for kids that um, have got the busy brains and don't have time to pause. Mm -hmm. Okay, they don't have time to pause um, to go to the toilet. Okay, that that they're at daycare all day and they hold on and they hold up because 
their, you know, their, it plays their world, plays what they're, what, you know, that's the most important thing to them. They haven't got the time. And it's kind of trying to stress to them, you know, to pause. When you feel Mr. Poo knocking on your bottom or little Miss Wee tickling, okay, then you go, go, go. You do not hold on. Mm -hmm. That isn't good. That is not good. And and kids need, and parents and other people need to know the wiggle and the jiggle signs, as I call them, that, that they're trying their very best to hold on because of their busy brain and they don't want to go. All right. Yeah. Wow. That is important. Um, other, the other, like, um, again, with kids' health, with regards to the bladder, they just go to E for enuresis and they'll find um, another fantastic video which talks about daytime and nighttime waiting. So I think that these are fantastic resources in New Zealand. There is also the charity continence.org.nz, um, um, which has a lot of really good videos, resources, books uh, that, that um, you know, the parents could look up to help yeah. their children as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, is, um, is there anything more that you'd like to say? Because I know we've been talking for a little time now. Hmm. And we'll be finishing shortly. So is there some other things that you'd like to finish off with? Um, well, no, I think I think I've kind of covered everything. Um, you know, about the the, the real essential um, tips and, and tricks. And really for 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 parents um, to be like, you know, a Sherlock Holmes, really. <laughs> You know, <laughs> bring, you know, that, that yes, poos and wees are private, but at home with the family, um, bring it, you know, that, that there's no need for it to be private and that, that, that we need to be getting across that um, doing poos and wees is perfectly normal, per perfectly healthy. Yeah, it can be a bit, bit smelly, but we need to be checking, okay? And for, for parents to be checking in with their kids regularly, okay? Because we're all leading busy lives. And, and often um, we think things are okay with your kids and then suddenly your kids start having waiting accidents or pooing accidents. And that's when really it's got to the chronic, you know? Mm -hmm. That this has probably been going on without anybody knowing for, for quite a few months, you know, at least three or four months when you start getting that sort of waiting and soiling um, mm. in children. Yeah. Well, I really thank you very much, Lisa, for all your knowledge and your willingness to share with parents this really uh, important part of becoming a competent, resilient person because of course if we have to we we know how hard it is um if we're caught short anywhere and um if we're feeling that we have to be vigilant about that all the time it it really does get in the way of um wanting to live a, a happy and um enjoyable life and to do the things that we want to do so um really appreciate uh, your knowledge and, and the years that you've spent studying this to be able to support parents uh, and we'll put all of those links that you've mentioned into the information that we'll share with this podcast. 
And uh, thank you again very much for taking the time. Uh, it's lovely. And I didn't even touch on toilet training, um, Madeline, but it, you know, I think it should be, um, you know, know what your child's signs are, but that's another. Maybe, know, we, maybe we can have another conversation about that. Maybe we, that is something that, that would be good to, to help parents about tips and tricks around toilet training. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have another conversation and thank you again. Um, Okay, well, thank you for inviting me, Madeline. Okay. So thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me today and for sharing your fabulous ideas Remember, if you want some more support, please go to www.resilientkids.org.nz. Uh, reach out. Um, I'm really happy to re reply to an email if you're wanting resources uh, and or to pick up um, some support through coaching or our online parenting course. Uh, go well. Take care. Thank you.